tonight on Astro Zero Twitter Spaces, we have a couple guys here that are creating an entire ecosystem with a gamified subscription service. Uh, it's going to have NFTs, metaverse capability, gaming, marketplace, the whole shebang. It's the Mulliverse. <laughs> so welcome, guys. Uh, thanks for taking some time out of your day and coming to talk to us. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. We're really excited to to speak with everyone today about the project and life. Yeah, well, we, we talk about a little bit of everything here, but yeah, we can talk about life as well. Um, <laughs> give me give me a, like a brief overview of what your project is uh, so the community here could kind of understand it a little bit more because it's, it's a little bit more than just an NFT project you guys have going on. Yeah, so I think uh, we could start with our vision, which is to simplify Web3 and inspire the unification between creative pursuits and technological innovation. Um, right now, we've actually been pulling together a lot of research to create a pitch deck, and we found that 70% of the population is knows and heard about digital assets but only 3% actually own them. What's, what's more like startling is 50% of that group is interested in acquiring them. So that's roughly 2.7 billion people. So the question is, why is there such a big gap there? And from our research, it's because there's, there's a pretty steep technical barrier to entry into the space. So not everyone is technically a proficient enough to navigate these new primitive environments. And we think that it's important to kind of develop a platform that's user-friendly and uh, cost-efficient for these guys so they can enter the space with just like minimal technical knowledge. So why is Which is kind of where the idea for... Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say, why do, you, why do you think exactly that it's like this? Why do we have such a small percentage that know about something participating in it? I, you know, it's kind of, that is a huge gap. And how, how do you intend on bridging it in order to kind of get the word out and get this thing that's adopted? Well, um, right now, we attribute the, the lack of adoption to... Um, just not having the technical proficiency. I mean, it's kind of something that, you know, when you first discover crypto and NFTs and especially the the decentralized side of it all, there's so much that you need to learn and um, just acquire the proficiency to like navigate the space in, in a lot of different aspects. And um, if you're not, you know, really, really into it, it's, it's hard to just jump right in. Um, so it's kind of been our life for a while. So we know we know the space and and we know how to navigate it and do all the bridging to different chains and all this these things that just the average person wouldn't know and that's kind of the things that we want to bypass with our with our project is allowing people to jump right in without having those uh, skills already or or researching and learning those skills yeah so essentially they'll be able to to buy a subscription plan and collect um if they get the premium plan, it'll be uh, 100 NFTs throughout the course of a year. And, and those projects and creators will be vetted through our company. So they'll know that they'll be uh, that we source legitimate projects for them to collect. And they'll all have the chance to, you know, appreciate and value over time. And you don't have to worry about getting, you know, rug pulled and um, bridging. And it, it basically gets back to just minimizing their technical barrier to entry so they can start collecting and engaging in web three and minimizing risk by vetting projects and and artists who are launching so uh to get one of your subscriptions or as you call it it's uh nt uh, uh, nft sp um in order to do yes. that somebody buys one of your mullet maxis and that's how they acquire one of these that is correct um Technically right now, so the Mullet Maxi is for sale on OpenSea, and that is, uh, it comes with a subscription, yes, so it's kind of like a pre-sale vehicle, but it has, um, eventually the plan is to scale the platform to where you can kind of just sign up as a subscriber, 
um, as you would Spotify or Netflix or something along those lines. And then, um, you know, you're a part of the platform. So really the amount of subscription plans that can be, you know, sold is, is relative to the amount of artists willing to launch through the platform. Um, but the, the mullet maxi comes with additional benefits that don't, um, that wouldn't come in just a typical like general plan once we are actually live. So it's a pre-sale vehicle right now. Okay. What's, what's the uh, pre-sale price that you guys have been launching at? It's uh, 0. 0.085 Ethereum. So it's roughly 270 ish. Yeah. Okay. The bad. target price range was like 300, but yeah, it'll, it'll fluctuate with um, the price of ETH. All right. So, what are what are some of the other benefits that people are going to get other than uh, just being on the platform? What else do they get when they purchase one of the maxis? Yeah. So, um, it's it's a passive generating uh, income NFT. So, it it has a relationship with our token, which we plan to launch later this year. Um, so, mullet maxi holders will get one percent of all the daily daily traded uh, transactions of mullet coin. So say just a hypothetical, that, that could be uh, a relatively large amount. So if you look at like um, Shibcoin or Dogecoin, um, you know, it's kind of like the meme coin culture, but those cryptocurrencies are, are consecutively reaching billions of dollars in daily traded volume. So say that mullet coin reaches that level of success, anyone holding one of these mullet maxis could potentially be earning a thousand dollars a day or three hundred sixty-five thousand dollars a year by just holding it. Assuming it would reach ship level, so there, we implement a um, a tax fee, sort of like similar to Safe Moon. And what that does is it it burns um, some. It has, there's a percentage that gets burned, and then there's a percentage that funds the liquidity pool, and then there's a percentage that goes like the smallest percentage goes to the mullet maxi holders so just kind of a little reward for holding it um, but on top of that um, there's some other stuff so like the mullet maxi holders are going to kind of be our beta testers for new features that we plan to launch so to make sure it's functioning properly we're going to kind of allow them access to it and things like that um, <clears throat> and yeah and there's going to be some it's kind of going to have a little bit of a a social aspect. So we want to kind of give the, um, the mullet maxi holders sort of like governance over like content coming through the platform. So we want them to be able to, um, vote on, on creators they want to see on the roster and things of that nature. Uh, do you guys have an ETA on when the token is going to launch? Um, the token is, our secondary like priority at this current time right now we're working on building our our MVP and that is slated to launch most likely by the end of March probably closer to the beginning of April at this point um, with how the development is going and the token is shouldn't take be much longer after that basically so I would say by May all right so um once once somebody goes and they purchase one of your maxis, is there I know you said there's gonna be like a governance value down the road now. Is the governance value determined by just the the, the sheer amount of maxis that they own? Or is it rarity weighted? Is it um Yeah, so the maxis yeah, the maxis, um we actually didn't assign rarities to them um because it's it's more about the um the utility instead of the the art and the NFT itself, even though uh, thankfully our artist Tim came through and we think that he did a really great job, but it it's more important the the utility aspect behind it. And the governance, uh, for every mullet maxi you hold, you'll get the equivalent of one vote. So they'll all be equal. So if you own more mullet maxis, you'll have uh, more governance potential. Is there a, a total amount that you're gonna be releasing? Is it a finite amount? Have you decided on what the total amount of mullets are going to be? There's a max supply of 10,000, but we're going to kind of be rolling them out in stages over the course of as the as the platform scales. So right now we have 500 available and we're going to um, kind of keep it at that until, you know, maybe like 
until we're ready to release more um, once they start selling. And because we're going to do it like um, at a staggered price point. So right now it's around 270 ish. Um, later down the line, it'll be 500. Yeah. So as our platform continues to grow and, and we reach a larger demand, um, we'll probably scale up um, operations and the price. What are you guys doing as far as like getting the word out? How are you going about doing the marketing process of this? How are you yeah. letting know about? Yeah. So um, this kind of gets into like bridging that gap. Um, we focused a lot of our marketing efforts outside of the space because we're trying to onboard uh, new users and we think that there's a lot of potential there. And after the, you know, participating in the spaces, like there's a really strong community here, but there's also a really strong need for more collectors and more buyers. So initially we started doing spaces and partic participating in the spaces, but um, over the past several months, we've kind of been focusing our effort efforts outwards um, to try to bring in that uh, that you know audience that wants to to get into FTs but just doesn't really know how. So, like for example, on our website, we're working on developing a way for um, people to buy the Mullet Maxi with a credit card. So they essentially won't even have to know anything about crypto and they can purchase say uh, a mullet maxi easily which is <laughs> it's been difficult but we do we do have uh, a solution offering for that and that will be coming soon so would you have to use something like moonpay or something like that in order to through some sort of credit card option because i know crypto and credit cards usually don't mix too well yeah that's actually <laughs> the I don't want to say loophole, but basically the loophole that we're kind of using is we're just treating it as a standard e-commerce product um, instead of as an NFT. So for for this specific solution, for the people who want the least amount of friction, what they can do is they, well, we had it set up and then kind of <laughs> we were using Square and Square doesn't allow for the sale of subscription plans on their platform, apparently. Yeah. So we had to take it down, <laughs> but what we're, we're we're setting up a new bank account with this crypto friendly bank, and it's under you know it's being processed um, right now. But once it's live, then we'll put it back up on our site to where people can just go on there, select their you know quantity of mullet maxis they want to buy, put in their credit card, and then um, their MetaMask address. So they'll have the only thing they'll have to do is create a MetaMask. They put in their card, and then we just um, will send them the mullet maxi as opposed to them buying on OpenSea and doing the atomic um, match. I guess they could kind of, well, no, I guess they wouldn't have that issue. I was going to say, I guess that's a good way to circumvent like gas prices, but you're on Polygon, so you don't really have to worry about that. So we'll, we'll just take that thought and we'll throw it in the garbage that I just had. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Polygon's the solution right now for circumventing gas prices. Um, that's we actually launched on Polygon because it just seems like the best solution. We're honestly surprised that the, the Polygon NFT ecosystem. I mean, it's been growing, but it's not at a place where <laughs> I think it should be. I think it could be a lot bigger. I think it will be a lot bigger. Um, I think Solana is starting to take off, and it's only a matter of time before these layer twos start gaining uh, more attention because um, of specifically the gas prices. So. Ethereum NFTs, you know, if you, you want to buy a $20, $30 NFT, it, it could cost you upwards of $150 to $200 for that transaction. So it, it's just more economically feasible for um, collectors to use Layer 2s. I would yeah. also say um, with regards to our buy with the card on the site, and you were saying about um, it's a good way to bypass gas fees, um, you are right in a way because by allowing this, um, type of transaction it allow it makes it so the user doesn't have to ever even interact with ethereum mainnet so they don't have to bridge um, on most most exchanges they don't support you know direct withdrawals to the matic network so i know ftx does and crypto.com does um, which is great <clears throat> and some others do as well but 
Coinbase doesn't and Kraken doesn't. And those are kind of probably the, the biggest ones in, in the States. Actually, I think FTX is bigger than Kraken. But what by allowing this solution where people can just uh, pay on the on the website with their card, they never have to interact with bridging and stuff. And they'll be directly on the Matic network right away without even having to create a, like a Coinbase account and buying crypto. I mean, they'll discover that they have to do that eventually. But for the sake of uh, minimizing friction at the beginning. Yeah, you're the you're the second project that I've seen that's kind of trying to implement credit card payments into their NFT projects, which I mean, it's going to have to happen eventually if we're going to want this to be completely mass adopted. It's just... yeah. It's an easier bridge for people that really have no idea what a MetaMask is, what a seed phrase is. Because I was thinking, too, like, if we're going to get this thing mass adopted, people might be able to create a MetaMask. But do you know how many people are going to get their seed phrases? Like, because they're not going to realize, like, I need to remember the seed phrase. And then there's their shit anyway. So, I mean, um, talking about that, you guys are going to start putting a learn-to-earn type of... Uh, platform into into your entire project you want to talk about that a little bit yeah so um going off our value proposition it's it's basically exactly what we talked about it's just like captivating that unattainable audience by introducing learn to earn so once we have them engaging with our platform um, we want to provide content for them to learn how to navigate these ecosystems on their own until they don't have to learn, until it evolves to that point. So we, we want to provide them with a way to essentially be self-sustainable and uh, you know know about which projects are good and which uh, blockchains they like. Um, yeah, it, it's all about facilitating that that mass adoption. Is is once we have those users, give them the opportunity to learn more about um, these ecosystems and how they work, which will then allow them to branch out to other platforms and and chains and kind of just go free into the decentralized web. Yeah, is it is it going to be kind of set up like? Um, I know a lot of people are familiar with Coinbase. Coinbase, when you first sign up for an account, they have like. Watch these videos of Cosmos and learn about Cosmos. Watch these videos about Stellar Lumens and learn yeah. about XLM. Or is it going to be like an actual like uh, course curriculum that you guys have, and then you go and you do like a, a quiz at the end, so people actually kind of interact with it? Do you have a way how you're going to map out like the the learn to earn part? So at this point in time, it's kind of a combination of sort of all the above. I mean. Coinbase's learn-to-earn features are a little unexciting to me, and I'm sure most a lot of people as well. So kind of what we want to do is make it so we have these sort of daily objectives of edu- a point of education that, that can be, um, you know, one thing a day. Or every time you log into the platform, there's an objective you can do, where may, whether it's a quiz or we also want to have kind of like interactive sort of educational events. So, for example, um, being on a live stream with a crypto lawyer or things of that nature, listening in and, and then answering questions on their on their account r- related to the <laughs> educational topics that were discussed. So kind of building a community where people are interested in kind of learning and growing together um, in the space. I think I think one thing that would interest a lot of people nowadays, especially this time of year, is if we could get somebody somewhere to even do a little video to explain taxes to people a little bit better. Because, you know, like on, on a daily basis, I have so many people messaging me and freaking out about, you know, how they're going to file their taxes correctly. And I think that's the thing that people worry about, too, as far as like getting into that, especially when you hear things like, short-term gains are 40 percent yeah we're actually working on building the infrastructure for what we think is going to happen with taxes and crypto so um we're basically creating uh segmented financial metrics so you could see um you'd have your portfolio once you connected your wallet and you'd see how much you earn from crypto and then you know play to earn yield farming and different categories because you know we we think that all these different um, all these different things are going to be taxed differently. Uh, so, like play to earn is going to be taxed differently than your cryptocurrency earnings. 
because you're you're playing a game essentially. Yeah, for example, um, play to earn would be an example of earned income on a on a tax filing, whereas um, renting your digital land would be rental income, or staking rewards would be interest, um, and those are all have different classifications. Yeah, and this is kind of off topic, but I, I'd like to also mention that the subscription plan and in the way that our platform is structured is is also designed uh, heavily to benefit the community and the artists as well. Um, so ideally, we'd like our platform to function as a community launchpad. So we're working on building our audience. And when creators launch through our our platform, they essentially can find their own audience and go on to release their own collections and have buyers lined up to get their products. How, how do you intend on doing stuff like that? Like, yeah, so sales or whatever the case might be for the people. How, how do you, how could you really um, kind of convince somebody that it's the right place to go? Um, I'm sorry, I, I might have. You kind of like cut out for me for a second. Can you re just repeat the question? Oh, I was I was just gonna say like what what are you guys gonna do to um, try to get people as far as like becoming subscribers and uh, putting the belief into them like you're you're the way to go. Well, um, I would say that with the features that we want to implement on the platform, that it, it'll be a more engaging experience as opposed to. Um, OpenSea or or just um, a standard marketplace because we're we're doing things that make it fun so it's kind of like this collecting game um, and by having the support of the you know the polygon community which is where we're starting and which is our favorite <laughs> um, it brings the artists bring the value to the platform right so by having our our fellow Polygon community members launching on the platform, um, every like subscribers can be more um, confident that they're not buying something that's a, a a counterfeit NFT or a project that's just overhyped or unvetted. So it brings credibility. Um, yeah, yeah so. it, it brings credibility to the project. Um, and as we're bringing in like a larger audience of collectors, so we are planning to launch our MVP, um, I think early April, and uh, that'll open a lot of doors. I, I mentioned earlier, we're putting together our pitch deck. So we are seeking VC funding and we do have uh, a few potential options thanks to our networking. Um, so to get the buyers interested, we're going the VC route. And as for the collectors and the creators, we're implementing what we call collector challenges. So even if you launch your collection through our platform and it doesn't see like a lot of popularity within the buyers, we can kind of artificially um, bring demand to those products by incorporating them into our collector objectives. So that for one is going to boost secondary sales, which will boost royalties for the creators and to help them that the art that's not as popular, you know, potentially find their niche audience. So once somebody goes and they purchase one of these subscriptions, the subscription is for one year in length. Is that right? Is that how you guys are doing it one year? And then they would have to renew. Yes, yeah, so it, it's going to start uh, with a one-year subscription, but uh, as we continue to grow and scale, we we are looking to offer um, a monthly-based subscription just for the first year to to grow our, our content and create a roster. We we want to uh, basically do the annual subscription um, because it'll give us time to to build our content. So yes, the once. Um on the launch date of the NFTSP will be kind of, you know, day one for the mullet maxis. Um, we'll probably allow, you know, implement a thing that extends it out a little bit longer for the mullet maxi holders, but really we need to kind of offer it as a subscription based service because we're going to need to be 
constantly onboarding and paying um, new artists to, to launch through the NFTSP. So that's kind of how it's going to work is um, from the subscription revenue, artists are paid up front. So it's almost like, um, I would say, kind of wholesale dealings. Okay, so when, like, let's say somebody goes and they purchase a subscription, if I bought one today, right? So yeah. I would have till February 16th of 2023. Are you going to send me a reminder, like, uh, that month that my subscription is going to need to become renewed if I want to continue with the platform? Or is it going to be something that's kind of bound to my NFT where I have a, a timer and it lets me know? Or um how's that going to work and then also if somebody goes past the deadline of their subscription do they lose that specific uh maxi in their wallet no so the mullet maxi um as one of the the benefits offered it's just a free year um from the subscription plan so there's other benefits that the mullet maxi all the other benefits are for life i mean except the uh the mullet coin airdrop once once mullet coin gets launched so the Mullet Maxi is, is, is a pre-sale vehicle for Mullet Coin, and it's also um, the pre-sale, pre-sale vehicle for the NFTSP. So once that first year runs out, um, the Mullet Maxi holder will still have to renew, but they still um, with benefits. Yeah, they keep the benefits associated with the Mullet Maxi um, besides that. Okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, and, and actually, I think one important thing is, I know we talked about how Polygon has kind of been our uh, day one chain. And uh, we, we love Polygon for uh, multiple reasons. So what we did kind of do to encourage creators to sign up for our creator roster is the uh, the creators that get accepted. Um, and and we're, we, we like Polygon creators. So anyone that chats with us has a really good chance of being accepted. Um, they'll get a uh, mullet maxi. So they can essentially participate in the subscription plan, as well as launch their content through the platform. I just thought that that was one cool benefit that uh, is worth mentioning for anyone here that's interested. So when, when somebody goes and they purchase a subscription, is everything from that point until the following year included as far as anything that they could use on your entire platform or are there additional fees to do other things? If, uh, they sell an NFT, does it cost them anything, or is everything kind of just waived, and then you kind of use your, you're going to use your token as currency? I'm trying to figure out how you're kind of looping everything together. Yeah, so we'll actually have a marketplace where they can buy, sell, and trade NFTs, and um, that'll kind of help uh, essentially, so you mean like what's it going to cost for them to buy and sell NFTs once they collect them or? Yeah. Like if, if somebody, if somebody has their artwork up there and they sell their artwork, is there going to be a commission that goes back into your platform with it or is oh, yeah. it already tied into their, um, their initial subscription price? <clears throat> so kind of how it's going to work is the baseline of the application, which is, also going to be the MVP we're releasing here soon is just going to be a standard NFT marketplace, but with some additional features that we haven't seen yet being implemented. And then that's kind of the, the MVP baseline. And then on top of that, we're going to build a, you know, the subscription part, which is the part that is um, readily accessible to the user who doesn't have the technical proficiency. So as soon as they um, sign up for the subscription, they'll be able to um, redeem NFTs. So that's how it's going to work. They won't be, if they're subscribed, they won't be buying them. They basically already pre-bought them. And then we prepaid the artist to launch them through um, the, the NFT SP, but they'll also be just the option to view all NFTs and, and trade as you would normally. Okay. I was just going to say, um, that's actually how we plan to boost secondary market sales for creators. So, um, what we want to do is, you know, launch the NFT SP content to the subscribers and then, um, through that, or any, any user on the platform is going to have a collector score. But if you're a subscriber, you, you're at a, a significant advantage because all the, um, SP 
NFTSP content is going to be implemented in our collector challenges. So the subscribers will be collecting NFTs and they're going to want to collect the ones that, you know, A, they just like and they really want to have or B, fulfills an, a collector challenge, which um, that could be something like collect um, one of every color from Elon One's collection or um, a certain combination of attributes or creators together. We can really come up with any kind of challenges um, to fulfill, which will then boost yeah. the creators or the collector score. Yeah. So, and, and then the way that it'll work is when creators launch through our platform, the royalties will be set where 5% gets distributed back to the creator, 3% goes to the collectors, and, and that'll be distributed based on. Um, their collector, the, their collector scores and, and which collector objectives they meet. And then 2% goes to our artist grant fund, which will be sourcing artists from outside of the space and giving them a team to create and uh, NFTs. So just bringing in new artists that are interested in kind of entering this uh, environment. So much going on. I'm, I'm trying to like wrap my head around. Yeah. Everything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the scope of the project is it's it's really large, and if you guys didn't pick up or um, have more questions, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we have a a pretty thorough white paper, so um, if you are interested in learning more, you could also go to our website and check out our white paper. Uh, the scope of the project is it's it's large, um, and and it is definitely hard to wrap your head around. But I think once you get an idea of of what we're trying to do here, it it truly has the potential to be amazing. It's, it's different than anything else we've currently seen uh, in the space so far. So, and and we, re, we truly want everyone to be a part of it. So thanks for having us up here and giving us a chance to kind of reach uh, a new audience. Elon, thank you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, when, when does the like official launch happen. I know you guys are doing like the pre-sale of the maxis. Do you have an official date when everything's going to go hundred percent live? It's uh, in a constant state of development. Obviously it's a lot of things to build. Um, right now we're uh, basically strictly sort of focusing on getting our MVP out, which is um, going to come out early April. Uh, most likely we're working with this company called um, the X team, which is actually the company that I work for. And uh, what they do specifically is they source um, basically software engineers and computer programmers and, and developers for um, kind of, they, they do it for some pretty big companies like um, Coinbase and um, a whole bunch, honestly. But so we're a client of theirs now and, and, we are sourcing our development talent from there. Yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, they, they've been wonderful to work with. So um, it, it is pretty expensive, but if you are looking for development, I would, I would highly recommend uh, looking into the, uh, the X team. Um, but yeah, so our MVP, we're planning on bringing that out uh, early April. It's looking like that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's in the cards and um It'll be a rolling out of different features yeah, as they as they become finalized. So for now, the MVP is early April, and then the next thing on the roadmap is the token, and then um, after that, uh, we're kind of building up the SP part of it. So the initial MVP will function as um, as a part of the project as a whole. Yeah. Now, I was going through your roadmap on your website, and it, it said something about Immutable X. Are you still going with them, or are you going to do everything uh, Polygon-based? Well, we, we, are, we would consider ourselves chain agnostic, and there's a few solutions that, um, you know, blockchain layer twos and, and different blockchains that we want to implement in, on the platform. First, we're... We're working on Polygon, but then we also want to add Immutable X and um, Binance Smart Chain as well to kind of start um, bringing in some of that audience because we have some connections there as well. Yeah, and, and we also think in the future that um, you know the, these everyone's being siloed into these certain chains. We we don't think that that is necessarily going to exist as the technology continues to progress. Um, we we actually think it'll get to a point where 
you'll just be dealing with the front end and you won't even know which chain um, uh, the website or uh, company is working with. How about for your, your token that you're going to be launching, have you decided what you're going to launch it on? Is it going to be a, a Binance coin? Is it going to be an um, ERC-20? Yeah, we're going to launch it on Polygon. So that's the plan because um, it is our favorite. Yeah, the um, the token actually is um, a pretty unique part of our project. And, and I think we, we created a uh, basically a solution to um, there's a lot of junk coins out there and we, we kind of uh, created a solution to, uh, uh, how to fix that. So if, if you guys have bought cryptocurrency or follow new tokens, you usually see like a recurring pattern of, um, it starts out and there's the hype wave and, uh, the price shoots up and then it just drops within the next week or two weeks down to basically zero again. Um, and, and the way that we structured our token, uh, it basically solves that uh, issue. Am I wrong? Oh, no, you're still here. Okay, I was getting say that. So, so are are you going to be able to use the token that the the mullet coins that you guys are launching? I would be able to buy those with Matic if I wanted, right? And I would be able to use QuickSwap and purchase these. And I don't necessarily have to have a subscription or anything like that. I could just trade this freely if I wanted to. Yeah. Okay. Now, are you also going to have it as kind of like some sort of currency within the ecosystem? Is this this is going to be the same uh, token that you're going to earn through your learn to earn programs as well? Yes. And um, I guess getting back to the problem with with other tokens, if you look at their their models. Uh, you see that they have like 25% allotted to marketing, 25% allotted to development, 25% to early investors, uh, you know, 5% airdrop. And, and that's why we think that you see this uh, immediate fall off uh, of the majority of these tokens is because as soon as the price pumps, they sell off 90% of their token. Um, and because we plan to fund our token with uh, external revenue, we don't see that happening. Yes. Yeah, so all of our all of our developments are funded through um, the the revenue generating part of the business, which is selling the subscription plans. Right. So we don't need to use our mullet coin to fund business operations, which we think is kind of one of the main flaws in a lot of different tokenomics. Talking to the guys from Mulletverse today, coming up with the entire ecosystem. They're gonna have marketplaces. They're going to have a uh, native token. Um, are, are you guys doing staking or anything like that? Is that going to be involved? Um, we are not planning on doing that. And for one of the reasons is um, regulations and the SEC. So we kind of have this whole um, ecosystem sort of planned out, but we won't be offering staking and staking rewards because, you know, apparently that's a security, right? So yeah, we, we want to try to do everything within um, the law and, and follow regulation as, as close as we can. So um, we, we read up on the SEC guidelines. And uh, if you do provide staking, you, you have to be uh, registered with the SEC, which is something we do see ourselves doing in the future. So we could potentially offer staking, but it would just depend on that process. We had a kind of um, a different sort of idea for staking as opposed to staking for more mullet coins. Um, we might offer staking for different um, collector type objectives. So say you buy mullet coin and it says like stake X amount of mullet coin to receive a, a score multiplier or things like that. So um, there's different things we might do with staking, but it won't be an interest-bearing um, staking mechanism. Yeah, I was going to say, as long as, I, as long as it doesn't have a monetary value associated with it, I think you should be okay as far as that goes. Cause, uh, but I, I'm, I'm, don't quote me on any of that stuff. But working <laughs> it's, kind of it's a sticky space. Yeah, I mean, the way the SEC has it written, um, even a gym membership, could be considered a security <laughs> um so so it's fairly broad 
Um, so I was reading somewhere on your website that it said that a percentage of your sales from the uh, subscription are going to be used as buybacks in, in your coin as well. Um, that's going to be coupled with the fact that it's going to be deflationary. So that's kind of one of the mechanisms that you're going to use in order to keep it. Yeah, and, and uh, that's kind of uh, part of that whole solution is instead of like selling off 90% of our token, uh, we, we plan to buy back the token and store it in the vault so it's there for people to participate and learn to earn. Yeah, that's kind of one of our solutions to um, the tokenomics issue of there's there's a few things. There's funding development with your token, but there's also excessive rewards. So essentially, the plan is to use the revenue from the business to buy back Mullet coin to give as rewards. So the rewards that we're giving aren't even necessarily free from us. We didn't just create the token and give it out to everyone as a reward. We actually have to buy the token back to give it as a reward so that is kind of our way of sort of trying to stabilize the price and and uh apply continuous buying pressure so how's the onboarding going so far have you guys uh got a good amount of artists to kind of team up with you guys for when you're getting ready to get the launch pad and everything ready to go yeah uh we're, we still haven't hit our target yet our, our target is 200 um but we have done pretty well outside of the space. Um, we would we would like to see more artists sign up in the space. And I think... Um, we have some, and they're awesome. We yeah. talk to them regularly. Yeah, I think Coin, is he in here? Yeah. What's up, Coin? Shout out to everyone. Soma. If any of you guys want to come up, raise your hand. I'll bring you up in the box. Don't be shy, Polygon people. <laughs> Um, let's see, where was I here? Um, ha have you talked to anybody? Are you going to do like, um, any type of giveaways or, uh, collaborations with some of these other artists to kind of maybe build a discord channel up or, or. Yeah. You know? So we work closely with, uh, lucid minds. I don't think they're in here today, but, um, hopefully that's a familiar name to, to all of you. They're pretty incredible. And we also work, uh, with, uh, creative owls kind of more behind the scenes but um he uh we have a good relationship with him and um basically he said that we'd be allowed to once we start kind of bringing in more buyers and our platform grows that we could host events in his space so i'd say those are our two big partners with creators right now in this space that go past just you know um releasing uh, a collection on our platform so how many people are on your team that you have working on this project? Because there's a lot going on. There's a lot of wheels in motion here. Yeah, the team is kind of uh, constantly growing. We have about 12 people right now um, across a lot of different, you know, uh, sectors and kind of focusing on different things. Um, and then we also have our contracted um, workers, our developers from the X team. So the core team has 12 people on it. And then there's some auxiliary characters, including also 20 artists who've signed up, roughly. All right. So um, tell me some stuff that I missed, because like there's there's some you have the floor because there's like so much stuff that I I was trying to cover and I just don't know where to go next. So if, if I have missed something, please tell people. Um, something about your your project that i may not have covered thus far well i think um we kind of covered a lot but i would say the the easiest way to think about this project is kind of your one-stop shop for just getting right in frictionlessly see having the visibility to see um the income that you've earned from being in the space or um jumping right in and, and collecting nfts so what we're trying to do is it's going to function um, as a way, <clears throat> like normal, not normal, but people who are already in crypto and in NFTs and they know how to navigate the space, you know, they'll be able to jump right into just the marketplace and things like that right off the bat. But really, our, our main goal is to kind of um, increase accessibility. That's the thing that we're always working towards. 
are you trying to like target people um, maybe at art galleries or people on college campuses, maybe people looking for some sort of, I don't know, yeah. are you like going out in public and try to like guerrilla market some of these places, like local campuses or anything like that? Yeah, so we actually, um, we live on campus, on a college campus, so it's, it's perfect for us to source talent, and we do have uh, artists um, that are kind of in school right now that are uh, going to be launching through our platform, so it's kind of been a great spot to uh, to, to bring in uh, new creators to the space. Yeah, we have um, probably the majority of our people who've signed up for our creator application or our artist roster are just people from our local community in Athens, Ohio, because um, we have my former job was I worked at the art gallery in town. So I have connections within the art community here as well already. And there's the university. So we have a, a large pool of talent just around us and and people like supporting <clears throat> something that could be big from the place that they love. So uh, it's kind of fun to just network through through our local community as well as the Polygon community. But in, in our local community, we have a reputation and we have credibility. It's, the hard part is translating that online um, on Twitter and stuff because you're hiding behind a, a mullet planet head and you could be anybody out there. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one of our goals, just to be completely transparent. And um, I, I believe you could see that, you know, with our website and our white paper, like everything that we're doing is laid out clear and concise. So you, you wouldn't be looking at a, uh, a looks rare uh, type scandal, if anyone has followed that at all. Um, yeah, it's just, I guess, we, we want to be completely transparent with creators and Polygon and collectors. And uh, I feel like we, we have done a good job uh, with that on our website and our, our documentation. So um, if you guys are interested in, you know, reaching out and working with us, please feel free to contact us and uh, we can uh, set up a meeting. Uh, I think. All right, I'm on. I keep oh. thinking I'm getting rubbed because my microphone thing keeps freezing up on me for some reason. Um, so, um, I know everything's not completely ironed out with with the mullet coin. Um, but when I was reading about it, it says that you're going to have six percent tax on buys and sells. Is that also on swaps as well? If you trade from wallet to wallet? No, not um, not on transfers. That think that's a little excessive i am completely wrong oh, okay. um, i think i think we I lost them hello i keep freezing up uh geez and oh, we can, i'm back I'm, yeah I'm, we can hear you thank you jack dorsey i'm gonna get you <laughs> So, so what's what's been the most difficult um, part of creating the Mulliverse? Like, what what's like the biggest hiccup that you guys have hit so far that you know maybe you could share with us and uh, it'll help somebody overcome it? Um, yeah, I would say just uh, knowing your target audience or target audiences. Like, um, when we first started uh, with the Polygon community, we we kind of had this preconceived notion that it would be mainly collectors. We, we didn't know that it would be such a strong community of creators. So we had to kind of adjust our mindset um, and learn how to kind of um, become part of the community instead of, you know, uh, it, it's a different, it's a whole different um, relationship. Uh, when you're talking to say collectors and buyers, you're not working on building relation, you know, relationships like you would within the community. So once we kind of figured out uh, that Polygon is more about the community and that our collectors are kind of outside of our um, outside of the space right now, it, it allowed us to to grow substantially and, and work better within the space. So kind of. To piggyback off that, when we're on Twitter and uh, mostly just Twitter, um, we're working to kind of network with the creators and build credibility and just make friends and um, kind of provide them this platform 
to launch their content through to gain more exposure from the other target audience, which is essentially people who are looking to get into the NFT space and just haven't done it yet. And they, um, they haven't learned how to navigate um, the blockchains and things like that. So sort of just building credibility is uh, kind of one of the, the biggest obstacles, uh, but it's just with consistency uh, comes, I'd say. Well, I guess I'll just say um, I pinned our our community initiative up at the top. It kind of gives a more detailed breakdown of how we plan to um, conduct the NFTSP um, from the creator perspective. So if anyone was interested in reading that, that's just our Medium article there um, highlighting our community initiative. And then we also have our creator roster application pinned as well. So anyone interested in launching through the platform, um, definitely go sign up. Elon, you there? <laughs> Hello, Elon. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, how's everyone doing today? <laughs> Uh, let's see who's speaking. <laughs> I, I got rugged and, you know, it's it's really difficult when you get rugged because you don't know if your mic is on and I don't know if I can shout curse words at that time. So I kind of just sit here in silence while my dog is staring at me. So I, I want to apologize for getting rugged on you guys there. I heard I heard talking. Yeah, that's okay. And actually, um, I think it'd be cool to just take a poll. Um, so... If you are creators in the space right now, could you just throw a, a thumbs up for us? Do they even have a thumbs up? Or uh, a peace sign? Is everybody wrong? I didn't see any any peace signs. Okay, people are, you know, probably doing other things just listening. We should have actually created a. Oh, poll we got for... we got a peace sign there. <laughs> there we go. Klein, yeah. Any any other creators want to throw up a peace sign? All right. What about uh, collectors? If you're a collector, could you throw up a rock? A rock? <laughs> a fist? A fist. Fine, Laundry, do you have anything for the guys? Um, not To be honest, not really. I'm at work, but I, I missed the first 20 minutes, so I'm going to go have to go back and listen again. I'm just really excited. Uh, to hear that the project's moving forward, I've I've been I've been all in since I heard about it. Um, Jake and I met in yeah, spatial, and yeah, it's, I'm super excited for for this. Yeah, thanks, Colin. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for the support and joining the roster. We we love hanging out and talking with you, <laughs> and we're excited about your project too. Yeah, we should we should definitely chat soon. Um, it's been a while. I'd like to see the the progress you've made. I know we talked about some of your ideas. For sure. And actually, yeah, actually since you're up here, yeah. it, feel free to give everyone an update. <laughs> well, I finished minting the first half of my collection. I'm going to take a little two-week break and then start grinding again. I'm going to do a little interim collection, drop the second half of the collection, and then it's it's to the moon from there, right? <laughs> absolutely we're on board we got a couple uh laundry machines so we're ready to rock oh yeah yeah the thing i'm most excited about is the fact that you guys are really like going really hard on getting education out there and you know i think that's our, our biggest difficulty that we have with anything crypto or non-bank related you know every everybody is like they don't know where to start I know when I first got into crypto and like really started kind of understanding it, I was worried about creating a wallet at first, you know, like little things like that could cause a lot of fear in people. And we need to kind of like destigmatize it because everywhere you look on the news, they always talk like negative about crypto. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a drug buying gateway. It's uh, 
it's a way that, you know, cartels are funneling money in and, you know, doing human trafficking. And, like, there's none of the good stuff is ever talked about. Yeah, um, and, it, and if you think about it with blockchain technology, like, everything is tracked, you know, on a digital ledger. So it, it, it just seems counterproductive to use the blockchain for any kind of nefarious activity because all the transactions can be, they're, they're all tracked. It's very transparent. And also, um, I remember, like, when I was first taking the jump into the decentralized side of crypto and, and there was a lot to learn, you know, it's pretty easy kind of just getting on Coinbase and buying some um, Ethereum and, and just letting it appreciate. But, uh, you know, using Uniswap for the first time or one of these DEXs or bridging to a new chain. Um, luckily, I had a friend who kind of taught me how to navigate it all. And that's kind of how we've grown our team as well. Um, a lot of the people who are on our team weren't involved in the space prior to joining the team and we just kind of helped them through the learning process of of how it all works and and the fundamentals of it we got uh, a question question yeah go ahead mr mr chief um yeah i mean it's it's not technically about the project well kind of you asked the question about what um if they were planning on staking I've done a lot of research and I'm super confused. I, I know he said he wasn't doing staking, but what exactly is that? What is staking? Yeah. So it's essentially when you take a to tokens from a project or um, any, any project that offers staking and you essentially just lock up that liquidity. So it's outside of a liquidity pool and kind of the, the purpose of it is to sort of create a price stabilization mechanism by um, by allowing people to lock up their tokens so they're not selling and then they're earning tokens for doing so. Yeah, so you get a higher reward for staking your tokens. So like you can stake with Ethereum um, and, it, okay, and it, it's locked up until they launch ETH 2.0, but you're earning uh, larger rewards. Oh, yeah. It's essentially kind of like a crypto savings um, account where you, you know, put your tokens in and you earn interest on them. That's what staking is. Unfortunately, the way that... Okay, you, okay, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. The way, the way ETH 2.0 is going, you won't get those coins until, like, 2060. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, just let it grow. <laughs> Ethereum's not going anywhere, I don't think. Uh, coin? What's up, coin? Jason, go ahead. Yeah, this might be a little existential, but Elon or Dave mentioned that the, the stigma behind crypto at the moment and kind of the, the basic worldview at the moment surrounding crypto, do you think that's kind of manufactured? Because if we move to a decentralized system, then it like, screws a lot of the big guys, big players, right? Yeah, I think that's actually what they're fighting for right now. Um, they're, they're fighting between centralized and decentralized uh, finance within blockchain. And it, the blockchain has the capability to essentially um, put the big central banks out of business. So uh, we don't see that um, happening very easily. And uh, as for you saying that it's manufactured, I think, yes, I think that they they do sponsor uh uh i think crypto gets a lot of negative publicity because uh of the threat that it has to kind of um basically bypass barriers that has been in place by the centralized system yeah it gives power to the, the people um and you control your own money and i think that's something that the central banks aren't too fond of yeah the thing that's that's um really just kind of so simple, but so groundbreaking is the idea of self-custody, right? The only way you could self-custody your own dollars is just to get cash um, or hold it in a stable coin in your MetaMask. So you're, the money that you have in the bank is kind of just like a, it's the number that is, you know, allotted to you, but it's owned by the bank. The bank holds it and they have certain rules that say that they can lend it out and at certain ratios and, and things like that, that that are constantly changing. But the fact is, if everyone went to the bank and tried to withdraw their money, they wouldn't be able to. Um, but with 
you know, crypto, it's all self-custody. So you get to hold it yourself. You know, if you're using a Web3 wallet or something besides a centralized exchange. Unfortunately, the, the stigma really comes down to that the banks are more crooked than, you know, the whole DeFi space put together. You know, they, they just kind of control everything and it's a bunch of bullshit. Um, yeah. You know, um, I, yes. It's almost like all the critiques that they have against um, crypto it, are just applicable to the banks, like all the money laundering and, and funding, you know, nefarious activities. It's it's kind of like that's just what the banks are, are doing on a daily basis. But the blame gets put on, on cryptocurrency and, you know, the decentralized Web3 environment. I'm glad you went there uh, because I through, throughout my research for my projects, that's kind of the common theme that I found. It all, yeah. It all ends at the bank. Yeah. That's that's exactly <laughs> what we're dealing with right now. Um but uh if you are creative enough, um you can find solutions. So we're heading towards the top of the hour. Uh if anybody has any more questions for the Mulliverse guys, uh feel free to raise your hand, come on up. Um shout out if you'd like. Uh if there's anything that you feel like I missed, guys, uh, feel free to add it. But where do you uh, where do you see Mulletverse uh, this time next year? Where do you see it, Jake? Um, well, I see us having a platform and a much larger audience. Uh, I see us having a lot of the uh, Polygon creators on our roster, uh, as well as creators outside of the space and basically providing a product and a service that this space has never, never seen before. Something innovative, something new. Um, something with product market fit, something that people can jump right in and be ready to use. Um, in a year, I would say it'll be the full-fledged mulletverse. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, and it'll continue growing. Um, we, we have a really good team, uh, a lot of innovative minds and creative minds. So, uh, we're constantly working on how we can make our project better and more accessible to a wider audience. And I think that's what's going to um, contribute to our success in the future is just being able to come up with solutions to simplify Web3 to bring in that new audience, to bring in those buyers, those collectors. Um, I think that's what will separate us from the majority of um, other large projects trying to do similar things. Yeah, and, and not only that, just one one more little tidbit about the mullet verse. Um, the the inspiration came from well, Jake got a mullet, and that was kind of the start. He was like, "Can we create a mullet coin?" And then you know, sort of just spiraled into the brainstorming and what what does the space need and all this. But it was also strategic because we've discovered based on our you know data research that the mullet was the most popular hairstyle of the past two years, basically. And um, <laughs> the Google Trends shows that the, the search results, you know, worldwide searches for mullet are up 544% over the past five years. So yeah. we're kind of trying to capitalize on that, uh, you know, search engine optimization. People look up mullet, they see the mullet verse. What, what is this? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they you look know, up NFT. Not everyone can have a Shiba Inu, but Practically anyone can have a mullet, so we think it's a lot more relatable to the uh, the uh, end user. Yeah, when all else fails, hashtag mullet, right? <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Well, guys, I, I want to thank you for coming out and sharing about your project with the community here. Um, thanks for giving us a little bit over an hour of your time. Um, yeah. Resales going on in OpenSea. You guys could go right through the Mulletverse profile there, and uh, it'll it'll bring you over there, so you could set up your subscription. Um, they're also looking for uh, some artists to add to their roster. So check the pin tweet that they have on their page and uh, you can follow the steps there in order to be a part of their platform. Yeah, Dave, thank you for having us. We, we really appreciate you taking your time uh, to speak with us. And uh, to anyone that's listening, thank you to the Polygon community and all the creators out there that have um, engaged with us in our project. We uh, we greatly appreciate it, and we see your talent and how much your projects have improved over the past several months, and uh, we're truly impressed. So, yeah, there was a a quote that 
that someone from the castle team said to us one time, and it's really kind of stuck. It's the the rising tide raises all ships, and that's kind of what we intend aspire to, to be. Yeah, intend yeah. to do is kind of put the polygon community on the spotlight. So well, thank you. Yeah, thank you again, guys. Uh, for everybody in the audience, tomorrow we have Van Gothi. He's gonna come on here and uh, talk to us about his projects that he has. I'm looking forward to that. Mullets, I want to thank you guys once again. But can we call you guys the Mullets? Is is that okay? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Mullets, the Mullets. <laughs> anything right. with mullet, we'll respond to. Yeah, we'll take anything <laughs> with mullet. All right, sounds good. And and remember, like if you guys ever need any tweets or anything uh, pumped out or retweeted, just Shoot me a DM and I got you guys back. All right. Yeah. I wanna Dave, thank, Dave you. thank you. Yeah. Thank you uh, for having us up. We, we really appreciate it. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you all have a good night. Thanks to the mullet guys. And uh, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Love you guys. Yeah.